Rodney. Whoa, it's a podcast. Why are you laughing? You know any tokens for the machine down the street? Welcome to the Why Are You Laughing podcast. Yo, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, what's going on? It's a solo project today. I am your host, the one, the only, the fat kid down the street with the glasses and the propeller hat. What's going on, everybody? A uh, couple things I want to talk about today. For instance, Batman. Uh, I'm going to give my review, and uh, I'm going to give my review on a few other things that we could talk about. And here we go. We're going to get right into it. So, welcome to the show. Mm. First and foremost, i got to apologize once again for the delay because I've been doing so much lately. Like, especially work-wise, you know, I've just been insanely busy um, trying to get my taxes and stuff done for... Because I'm a private contractor for DoorDash, so it's like keeping track of the miles and the gas slips and all the important stuff that you really need, it can be difficult sometimes. So, um, but my first year, my first real full year of doing it was absolutely awesome. You know, I made a good chunk of change and for what I did have to pay in, it wasn't all that bad. So, and I, believe me, if this was me 10 years ago, I would have been freaking out, but it's... It's nice to know that uh, things can happen where you uh, you just got to believe and um, and honestly put your heart and soul into it. And if you're not going to do that, then it's it's going to be a little bit more difficult to continue on with those projects. So uh, that I was on vacation for this whole week, so been trying to work a little bit and get the money that I need to pay to the IRS. So. It's uh, it's been fun. <laughs> it's it hasn't been fun. I'm just kidding. It's been uh, annoying and aggravating, but there's always hope on the horizon. That's the thing about positivity is that you could spend your whole day being triggered or pissed about what's going on, or you can look at the good things in your life and try to make the best of a of a bad situation. For instance, I've been bringing. Here's another reason why I haven't been doing the show in a month is that like I've been bringing my car in to the shop for the last month. So I'm constantly having a car, not having a car, having a car, not having a car. So it's been going in and hopefully it's finally finished after this one more project that I got to do on it. It's called a, uh, AC compressor. So that's the last part that I have to get fixed until this car is in tip top shape. So hopefully anyway, um, yeah, I've been working on a ton of music is the other thing. I have a lot of songs coming, uh, lyrics that are very deep and uh, meaningful to me. It's been interesting doing this on my own since, you know, I used to have two guys that were uh, helping me sort of create uh, the machine that we had. And um, it's been an interesting journey on these new songs. When I first started writing songs, it was very difficult because... Really, unless you're like Weezer or, you know, Kurt Cobain and you form songs from basically just a few words, 
you know, it's very difficult to have meaning in your songs. So, you know, I really enjoy taking the time to write stuff like this. I really enjoy taking the time to uh, make it my own and also to convey or maybe help somebody get through something that they're going through or understand what they're going through if they've been through similar situations. And uh, that helps me. And it keeps me mindful of um, what I should be saying or shouldn't be saying. Which, if anybody knows me personally, it's hard for me to not say how I feel. So, yeah. (laughs) There you go. Um, I should be going into the studio within the next couple of weeks. Once I get my car, like, actually fixed and actually ready to go, it's going to be a period of time of really serious work. So... I hope you guys are looking forward to it. If anybody enjoys my music, I think it's it's very different, but it has similarities and some sort of functions of what I used to do, which was being a punk rock band or space punk or whatever you want to call it, like an ambient punk sort of thing. So, um, you know, with that in mind, uh, I think that this project is really going to dominate anything that I've ever done with writing anyway like lyrically uh you know musically I'm hoping to have a lot more space to fill in you know now that it's just me um obviously I have Corey Reynolds on the project with me doing bass which I've spoken about on here many times um so we're gonna be working together again which I'm so happy about because if anybody knows and I'm sure you do if you listen. He started Soto with me. It was me and Corey. You know, he had aspirations of, uh, you know, making guitars and stuff like that. And he wanted to go and do his own projects. And everybody kind of moved on. But there always has to be that start. There always has to be that push of a button where, you know, you need um, a force behind you. So... I'm glad that he's able to take the time and and help me out with this thing. So, but I've been having trouble coming up with a name for this project. You know, I haven't done anything solo in a while. You know, it's going to be under my name, but I'm trying to figure out what I should do for... Coming up with names, people, is difficult. Very, very difficult. Like, comedians talk about this all the time, where... They, it's hard to find names for their specials, you know, like for Andrew Dice Clay, for instance, he he had dominated that whole thing, like with the Dice Man Cometh and, you know, Dice Rules. It's like, it's like you always have somebody who's got a certain ring to what they do. And, uh, you know, I'm just trying to find my own lane, and I hope that that works. I find it a little bit easier to do the podcast because it's not so structured as my music. My music is fine-tuned to what I am trying to convey. So, you know, I'm hoping that people enjoy it. I'm hoping that I can, again, hoping that I can help some others and myself move on from certain things and start a new chapter. And it's difficult. It's very difficult to take leaps. You know, I've been in a few different bands, I've done a few different projects, 
um, trying to find motivation to continue those projects after maybe catastrophe, calamity, or bad experiences is very, very difficult. It's very difficult to say, I need to pack up and restart this thing all over again, restart the machine. You know, so it's like when you replace car parts. There's all, if there's one missing piece, the car basically falls apart. You know, unless it's a Toyota, then those things run forever. So, you know, replacing pieces of yourself through years and years uh, is a tough thing. But the result of being rebuilt and sort of reinventing your um, your passions, it's it's can be a great journey in of self discovery and of self success. So, you know, I hope that that is the message of this podcast, which is basically to find out why people do what they do, what makes them tick, what makes them feel the way that they feel, or you know how they've created their own creativity, which is kind of cliche, but <laughs> hopefully that's what it is. Also, I've been trying to find guests to come on the show. You know, I have no shame in saying that because, you know, I enjoy speaking with people. I enjoy having a conversation. There's, there's a saying that, you know, you could solve more problems with just two people in a room than you could with a room full of intelligence you know it's not necessarily about who's the smartest or you know who knows more than you it's about growing as people and growing as an audience um and really growing alone you know it's like say you're single and you're trying to figure out life doing it alone is not easy but you have the freedom to make those choices and to, you know, discover things about yourself. And uh, I'm hoping that this is kind of the key. I look at my projects from past and present and they're so different, but it's still me. You know, David Grohl talks about when he first started writing songs for the Foo Fighters that he was... uh, kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? He was kind of feverish about it because it was like, I don't know if this is a Foo Fighters song or if that's a Foo Fighters song. And then he said, if it's coming from me, then it has to be. And so with those words in mind, I take on this new project as such, which is, you know, the remnants and the remains of Soda and the remains of Just Another Day, and the remains of my other solo projects, everything comes back to this, which is, you know, if it's a version of yourself, be okay with it. And if you have to tweak it, tweak it. If you have to leave it alone, leave it alone. But you're the one that's in control of that. You're the one that's behind that wheel of motivation. So make those decisions. And, uh, just own it. I never in a million years thought that I would be able to move on with my heart to play music again or to get in front of an audience again. But I, I've done both of those things. 
And yes, it was strange because I was on such a, a long journey with the band before, but now that I have to do it on my own, it's, uh, it's refreshing. It's refreshing to know that I can still get up on stage and people come out to see me. And, uh, I really appreciate those ones who do. Um, so yeah, never, never tell yourself that it's the end because you could get depressed. You know, it's very easy in this day and age to get, uh, downtrodden and, you know, depressed or, uh, really not just not being okay with yourself and the way things are. It's in 2022, we're living in a very angry and selfish and depraved world. So, you know, searching for happiness is key. It's very, very key. So, anyway, with that said, that's kind of what I've been doing. I've been working on this project. And the songs I'm writing, I'm taking so much more time on it because I think it's needed when you go to rebuild. You know, you don't want to put the time into a project that's going to end up just a hot blast of cheese. You know, you want it to be pure, you want it to be sensible, and you want it to, uh, you want to be satisfied. So hopefully that, uh, that's what I can do. Um, I've been going back and forth on whether I want to do, uh, maybe a couple acoustics or maybe like a, uh, a cover, like an acoustic version of an old soda song. But let me know what you guys think. If you have any comments, I'm going to put this podcast up, obviously, when it's finished. So, you know, I'm hoping that it comes across as that way. Anyway, so I recently I was uh, messaged by a friend of mine, and he asked if I wanted to go see Batman. Now, let's take this back for a second. So, the first... Batman movie that I saw was Batman Forever. And, you know, make fun of me. Make fun of me all you want. But, you know, that was my favorite one. It's 1995. It was when I was first introduced to Batman. You know, Val Kilmer is a brilliant actor. And, you know, I think he did great for that role. You know... Cheesy is cheesy is cheesy is cheesy. <laughs> but, by that same token, I think superhero movies have gone into the lane of being a little bit more serious. You know, Robert De Niro was in Joker. Martin Scorsese, who is good friends with De Niro, has made his comments about superhero movies. These movies have changed. You know, they're not what they used to be. Like, even the first Spider-Man was, like, in 2002, anyway, the first live-action one. It wasn't well-received as, you know, maybe, like, a modern-day Batman or, uh, like, The Dark Knight, you know, with Heath Ledger and Christian Bale. It's, like, it's very, very different nowadays. And... You know, look at look at 1960s Batman, you know, with Adam West and Burgess Meredith, you know, it's like those 
were as cheesy as it got, but people still watched it. So, you know, that was kind of my take on the whole thing was I don't really care who is playing Batman at this point. I just wanted to go see the movie and, and have my own review. So, um, you know, I'm hoping that... Oh, by the way, just to interrupt, uh, one thing I wanted to mention earlier when I was talking about new projects and stuff, get ready for a really dope podcast coming up soon. And if you like Blink-182, definitely tune in. This is a big, 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 big show. Big show. Anyway, back to Batman. So, um... I had to swallow my pride and walk in there. <laughs> no, it wasn't that at all. I really, I don't hate Robert Pattinson. You know, I don't hate these guys who are in the vampire movies or, you know, whatever opinions are given about them. It's like, I care about my version of that opinion. You know, so I went in there with some friends that I haven't seen in years and we had such a good time. And the movie was Absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. I loved pretty much everything about it. I love the storyline. I love uh, the time frame. I love the villains. I love the acting. You know, I love the scenery. I love Gotham. You know, it's it was it was great. You know, think about it. Batman's two years in at this point. He's a savage. He's messing people up. You know, he's not... You know, he's not br older Bruce Wayne. He's young Bruce Wayne that's still trying to find his way, still angry, still broken, like, beginningly broken from everything that's happened to him. You know, his parents being killed. Uh, so he's... You know, in the whole time... Spoilers alert, by the way. Spoilers alert. What am I, dumb? Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, he calls himself... He calls himself... <laughs> he does call himself Vengeance during the movie. They, that's his nickname in the movie is Vengeance. And it's like, Vengeance? If Vengeance is your nickname, you know that this guy is absolutely obliterating people. <laughs> you know? He is... Uh, he is fresh Batman, you know. But I got to say, I did not expect a lot from Pattinson, but he did great. I thought he was a good Bruce Wayne. I don't think he spoke too much, which, you know, Batman usually doesn't anyway. When Bruce Wayne in this movie isn't speaking that much as well. He's not, he's a character that is really not seen much, you know? And if you watch the movie, he shows up to the funeral scene and everybody is, like, freaking out. Oh my gosh, it's Bruce Wayne. What's he doing here? I thought that Penguin was a little touch and go because, I mean, it's it wasn't Colin Farrell's problem. Like, it was... He did an amazing job acting, but I thought his character could have been a little bit more... <sighs> this is just from me knowing the character. I thought he could have been a little bit more aggressive in his acting. Uh, you know, his makeup was perfect. I thought I thought that he looked a little scary, and it was so funny to watch him. But um, other than that, 
you know, I think that the Riddler, we saw him in a new light of not wearing the green and having the questioning mark suit. And, like, he was just brutal. He's broken just like Batman from, you know, experiences and stuff like that. And it was a very modern-day atmosphere when it came to his acting. I can't remember the actor's name. Paul somebody. Um, but he did great. I thought the commissioner was phenomenal, the guy who played Felix in all the Bond films. Uh, he was great. He did such a good job as the commissioner. Uh, even Totoro, the guy who played... Um, oh, my gosh. I'm sorry, people. Carmine Falcone. <laughs> See, when you get older, that happens. <laughs> a little side story today uh, while I'm talking about Batman. So I work for DoorDash, and I had an order, and I left my phone in the car, but I remembered the person's name that I was picking up for, and I walked inside of Five Guys. I said, hey, uh, order for Brenda. And they're like, okay, order for Brenda. And I sat down, and I left my phone in the car, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. What is this woman's name again? <laughs> I don't know if it's getting to my age or if we're just like all hooked into our cell phones way too much, but yeah. <laughs> That's what happened to me, folks. I was losing it. Anyway, all in all, the film was fantastic. And I think that people tend to go too quickly and go for the jugular too quickly when it comes to films like these. They have a lot of expectations. And really, you shouldn't because, number one, you're not an actor. Number two, you know, if you're going into a series and you're, you've never played this character before, you're still trying to find your roots. You're trying to find out, like, what other people did, you know. Nobody, nobody wanted Heath Ledger to play the Joker, but he ended up being the best Joker that was ever played, in my opinion. You know, it's... It's And that's most of the world's opinion now. So, I'm excited to see where he goes with this character. Uh, I'm excited to see the other movies. Um, Zoe Kravitz was incredible. I thought she did a great job as Catwoman. Her suit was kind of terrible. But at the end of the day, people, you got to remember, she's a criminal and she's trying to get money anywhere she can. So, she's not going to have the most extravagant suit. Bruce Wayne is a billionaire. So his suit is going to be savage. So that's one thing that I think people are kind of crucifying online is that Catwoman didn't look like Catwoman. It's like, well, hey, guess what, pal? <laughs> if you if you want to play ball, you got to have the equipment. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I thought that the storyline especially was fantastic. You know, they did a great job. And um, it's kind of like The Irishman, where The Irishman was three and a half hours long. This movie's three hours. It's, I think people, it's worth your time. It's worth the time to go see it. I know a kid who's seen this movie at least three times already. He will not shut up about it. He loves the film. So he goes on and on and on and on. He's like, oh my God, I'm going to see Batman again. So it's like these the people who have seen it, who are fans, are loving it. They are eating this up. So, hopefully, uh, you get a chance to see it and go review it for yourself. Because, honestly, that's what movies are all about. It's not about what other people are saying. It's about, it's up to you to decide what 
is right and what's not right or what's cool or what you think is is uh, accurate or whatever. But my rating out of this would be a solid 9 out of 10. Solid 9 out of 10. Absolutely phenomenal. You know, he was great. Next thing we're going to talk about is one of the most anticipated series of this year, which is Kenobi. Now, first of all, I want to. There's so much to say about this. I mean, really, it's an incredible, incredible thing that's about to happen. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's really, really insane to think that we're actually getting this in May. So, you know, May 25th is the premiere. So that's like a month and a half away. Or two months away, basically, I guess, is the best way I could put it. So, to put it in perspective for everybody, in my opinion, I've been watching Star Wars since 1999. We've had this discussion a thousand times, but, I mean, that's the first time I saw Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. And he was my favorite character in the, the film. So... To see him through the years and to kind of have his heyday of, you know, again, you can't trash the pre the prequels anymore. Episodes 7, 8, and 9 are, you know, they are the films that they are, but they were not as good as the prequels. I'm sorry. that It may be a hot take for some people, but it's so much different now than, you know... The difference between the films and these TV series that we're getting is, again, they take so much more time to develop these things and to really uh, go into the story. You know, John Favreau and Dave Filoni, who have completely rebuilt this whole Star Wars collection, are to be commended for the work that they're doing, in my opinion. They're doing so well. You know, The Mandalorian... Boba Fett wasn't my favorite, but it also wasn't bad. I enjoyed that. You know, we'll talk about Boba Fett another time. But um, I think that they're doing such a great job with Star Wars, with the accuracy and the characters and, you know, the, um, the storylines. This is going to be a great series because the storyline takes place after Revenge of the Sith. You know, we're not seeing Obi-Wan in his prime. We're seeing him like a broken and defeated Jedi that is just gone and, and roaming Tatooine and trying to watch after this boy who is, you know, supposed to help his father bring balance back to the Force. This is just such a nerdy podcast. <laughs> so, um, I'm so pumped because Obi-Wan's my favorite character. And uh, I'm excited to see his journey because, you know, it's the first time that we're seeing Ewan McGregor back as Obi-Wan since 2005, I believe, is when the last time we saw him. Um, Alec Guinness, who played Obi-Wan in the first three films that were made, that's a pretty tall order to stand up and to fill his shoes, because he really was, you know, he was the first Jedi. If you think about it, you know, he was the first Jedi in a Star Wars film. 
So, you know, I, I'm not here to debate who's good at acting and who's bad at acting, but I think Ewan McGregor does a pretty decent job of living up to uh, the ones that were before him. So, I think that it's going to be great. He's in Tatooine. I mean, he's trying to look after this kid, but, I mean, you also have other factors like... You know what's uh, like what's happens in Rebels and the Clone Wars and all these individual flashback scenes that we're possibly going to see. Um, you know Hayden Christensen coming back as Darth Vader. Like what in the world? I saw something the other day that said this is he, he's quoted as saying this is that you're you're going to see a very powerful Vader. So this is Vader also in his prime. Like, right after his wife dies, uh, you know, after losing his children and having to uh, be basically the agent the agent of evil when it comes to hunting down Jedi and, you know, having the Inquisitors at his side, you know, I was... I was hoping that we'd see him in the in the, uh, the teaser, but I guess not. The teaser was a little mid for me, though, I gotta be honest. It was mid because it's like, I mean, maybe it was meant to be that way, not to show people everything and kind of give them just a taste and maybe that's why it's called a teaser. But I mean, I feel like if you're going to put something out, you know, have something exciting for people to hold on to. I mean, maybe maybe that's just the series in general, but I'm hoping that we can uh, really fill in some blanks and really see how Obi-Wan is... Uh, trying to make his way through what just happened to him. He just lost all his family, basically. He lost all his family. He lost his friends. You know, like, he... There's no more Jedi. They're being hunted. And, you know, his best friend, his uh, companion, his Padawan, is gone. So... There's a lot of hatred in there, and they've said you're going to see an Obi-Wan Vader fight again. So, I'm looking forward to that. I'd like to see some more of the fighting style that they had on Mustafar, which was done in Episode 3, and all the moves that they had. It was so incredible to see those guys do that stunt work. Um... And I'm really hoping that we get some of that energy again. And I think we will. Um, it'll be interesting to see how... To see if we uh, get to watch Palpatine again. And if we get to see Qui-Gon and Yoda possibly. You know, all these things that are speculated about the show that people are so hyped for. You know, I would be so pumped. And Liam Nielsen? Liam Neeson? Yes, Liam Neeson has said publicly he would love to play that character again. So if we get to see Qui-Gon as a Force ghost, that's going to be lights out for me. I would be infinitely pleased, and I would not need anything else if I saw that. That would just be so great. I want to see that. Uh, because if you remember, Obi-Wan is also learning the path to immortality, as was said at the end of Star Wars Episode Three, with uh, with Yoda. So hopefully we get to see a version of uh, of that happen, you know. 
Oh, boy. I'm almost out of breath talking about this. Anyway, so, you know, Star Wars is doing so well, and I think that the upcoming series that we uh, that we have that are coming out, you know, you have the Ahsoka series and possibly the Luke series and, you know, Mandalorian season three coming out eventually, I'm sure. Um, it'll be interesting to watch where these things go. I mean, hopefully we get to see more of uh, Luke. I was amazed that he showed up in Boba Fett. I mean, the timing is correct, obviously, but it's like to see Mark Hamill back on screen again after all, you know, through the years, really, coming back with Star Wars is just incredible. It's absolutely incredible what technology can do with the de-aging and, you know, uh, and what what actually happens. You know, people goof on that all the time because, <laughs> because they look at the old video games or, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. When you just see people de-aging, they think it's so cheesy. But... Really, what they can do is absolutely magnificent. You know, you have all these guys that are legends coming back. You know, uh, it's like uh, there's rumblings about, um, you know, uh, Solo being in a certain series. Not not his own series, I don't think, but uh, showing up in in some of these series. Like, I think, I feel like somebody even said it could have been Obi-Wan, but I'm not sure. Um, I'm just excited to see it. Uh, we make comments sometimes about, you know, Disney eating up everybody's money. It's like, you know what? They can have it. For the content that they're pushing out lately, for the series that have been showing up, they can have my money. I just love seeing all these guys back on screen and, and having their individual stories told because this never would have happened years ago. There was no such thing as streaming platforms 20 years ago. You had to go to the movies. You had to wait for the movie to come out. You know, nowadays it's like everything shows up on HBO Max like the next day after the release date. Obviously it was had to do with COVID, but, you know, just like all these avenues of streaming and uh, getting to see content is so accessible, you know. So, hopefully, it's going to be infinitely beyond my expectations. Ewan McGregor, again, is a fantastic actor. Hayden Christensen's fantastic. I'm also a little tidbit that I really want to know is if James Earl Jones, who's 90-something years old, by the way, I'm curious to see if he'll come back and voice Vader. That would be also something that I look forward to if if that's the case. You know, all these things that we're talking about, or that I've been talking about, by the way, sorry that I've been giving you guys the ear beating because I couldn't get a guest today. So here we go. <laughs> um, all these things we're talking about, you know, I think the fans of Star Wars you know, nine times out of ten, are so happy just to see these things happen again. You know, are so happy to see these characters, the storylines, you know. They're diehard fans. So it's much appreciated. I mean, I can only speak for myself, but it's much appreciated for me to get to see these guys again and uh, to see these stories. So 
I'm looking forward to that. Um, kind of to wrap this thing up, one thing I want to talk about, which, I mean, I don't think has as much hype as Obi-Wan, but Indiana Jones 5 has wrapped filming. Indiana Jones 5. You know, Harrison Ford, at the age that he's at, to still have the fire that he has, the wit, the articulation, you know, to see him act as this beloved character for many, many years, again, is going to be fantastic. I don't know what they got for a storyline, but, I mean, and I'm sure that this is the last one he'll make. He probably can't make another one because he'll be 90 years old by the time he tries. (laughs) They always goof on Sylvester Stallone, too, about doing another Rocky. Like, (laughs) he used to make those movies about him going into the the ring with a walker. Those parody movies like Epic Movie and Disaster Movie, those were hilarious. Um, which I don't think they can make anymore because it's too offensive. But that we can get into that another time. Anyway, so Indiana Jones 5. I mean, I say what you will about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I really didn't think it was that bad of a movie. I was hyped for it in general because the character, you got to remember something. When Indy started off Harrison Ford was in his prime he was doing Star Wars and they didn't want him to play Indiana Jones because George Lucas was like I can't you know he's already doing Star Wars so the timing was just bad but I mean apparently that didn't matter he did the film anyway and absolutely blew it out of the water Raiders of the Lost Ark has to be one of the best films of all time I think it's like top top 10 paramount all time up there with like Tommy Boy um, so hopefully, you know, they get a good storyline. That's the one thing about those indie films that I, I really liked, like, especially the first three, not as much Temple of Doom, but like The Last Crusade and Raiders. I mean, all of them were great films and I think the storylines were pretty good. Um, so I'm hoping that they continue that legacy. The aliens in the last one was a little much. I didn't care for that. I thought that was kind of dumb. But I mean, everything leading up to that, Harrison Ford playing that character, you know, and uh, you know, you you may maybe we don't know. We might see, uh, um, uh, what was her name? I will I will think of it in a second. The one that played. Um, his wife in the film. Karen Allen. Yes, thank you, Karen Allen. I'm hoping that uh, we see her again as Marion Ravenwood. Uh, One thing I didn't know was that the guy who plays Doc Ock in Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man No Way Home, Alfred uh, Molina, was in Raiders of the Lost Ark. He was the guy that died like right in the beginning with Harrison Ford. So that was... (laughs) Kind of a little uh, nugget there that people probably didn't, a film nugget that people didn't know about. Um, but yeah, just all these guys that are coming back to reprise these roles and everything that we've been talking about is is kind of cool. So I'm hoping that they have a good storyline again, and I'm hoping that um, Harrison Ford's equally as, as pumped to, uh, to reprise this character. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. I really am. So, anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed my nerd convention over here. And, uh, 
<laughs> Let me know what you guys think in the comments. Uh, like, subscribe, check it out. Go check out my YouTube channel at The Clappinator. Uh, go check out my music at The Clappinator on iTunes, Spotify, and any other trick-or-treat platform that you can find. Um, I always appreciate doing these shows, and I always appreciate having this platform. That last podcast I did uh, with George was great, and that one before that with uh, with Corey from the Smash Brothers was fantastic. Um, I like that uh, these ep- episodes are getting more structured sometimes, you know? So, anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I appreciate it. This has been Why You Laughing Podcast, and we will see you next time. We are clear.